and we best bets show hosted by field of 68 presented by bet rivers you guys know the deal we're back again excuse us for absence on wednesday it does happen but you're gonna get the weave three straight days here thursday friday saturday the slates are getting bigger they're getting better we are fully into college basketball and speaking of that quick little note before we start our show bet rivers they have a parlay boost four legs 20 percent boost Check out their app right now. And there's also a Champions collection in the Field of 68 store. Very exciting. Did you know there was a Field of 68 store, guys? I, I did. I did as well. But maybe yeah, the people at merch. home don't. Strong merch there. There's yep. some some funny shirts out there. Uh, 20% off that merchandise with the code CHAMPIONS until the Champions Classic, which I believe is... It's next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Okay, so yeah. Field of 68, check it out. I just hey guys. think of Greg Waddell wearing the Daddy Brad Illinois shirt. That's just Daddy like... Brad Illinois shirt is probably the best shirt they have in, in the whole collection. <laughs> so Bet Rivers Parlay Boost and Field of 68 Merch Boost. Boom. Done. Takeaways from yesterday, real quick. Jim, Wednesday, not a big slate of games necessarily, but what'd you see out there? Well, Kai, looks like the rebuild at Louisville is going to take a while. Love it. <laughs> have to mention it. Have to mention it. It's one of the like 10 flagship ah, brands ah, in ah, college ah. basketball. Uh, and they lose to Bellerman, who plays in their old gym and is a local rival. And Scott Davenport was an assistant there. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, actually, it was a little yeah, that's impressed is the wrong word. But Louisville came back. They were down like 10 the entire second half, could have folded it up. At least they battled and had a possession to win it. But it's bleak, Matthew, and I can't figure out how to rate that team. Uh, speaking of teams, how to rate LSU. Thoughts on them? I thought they were very, very... I see against a UMKC team. And maybe this is just a fact that I think the Roos are bad this year and like might better than I thought, but um was not very impressed from the little I saw of the Tigers. So I think that's a rebuild that will take some time to marinate Kai. I yeah, I, a lot of that game. I just think KC is a feisty dog always, especially with Menzies. I, I just think that spread was too big. As I said on our podcast last night, so you guys can yeah, check me on that. Yeah, not receipts a, are here. Hindsight they, Harry they here. mucked it up um, defensively. They played like a lot of zone, a lot of like extended stuff to slow LSU's tempo down. It was perfect underdog strategy. LSU, LSU will be okay, I think, against more equal competition. Yes, I, I agree. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to echo Jim, Louisville, Bellarmine. <laughs> oh, man. So, so obvious Bellarmine was going to win that game. I love it. <laughs> Their ball movement compared to Louisville's night and day. Night and day. Fantastic. All right, let's get into the slate, guys. A really good slate, in my opinion, today. Jim's on the chat mob duty, so fear not. Matthew has no responsibilities today. He just has to sit there and look cute. Mission accomplished, Matthew. Check. Game one. Towson at UMass. Can you believe it? This is the game of the day. It's going to be a great game, guys. UMass took money this morning. Opened up as a plus one dog at Bet Rivers. Now up to minus two and a half at our esteemed host's. Matthew, does Frank Martin have himself a squad this year? Yes. He's got he's got dudes, got dogs, whatever cool saying you're into. Um, like the talent's always been there with UMass, right? I mean, he brought in some some key guys this year, but talent's never been UMass's question. They've just lacked every set of structure and discipline defensively. Now they bring in Frank Martin, who has, you know, he's his defenses are more helter-skelter, a little more sporadic, but there is some organization to them. It's a guy who I just trust to build a better defense. Um, they look really good in their first game. So I think uh, UMass stops, not stops them, but wins wow, comfortably stop. tonight. I was going to take them as my best bet. I can't endorse it at minus two and a half. I would have said minus two. Uh, so I'm going with a back pocket best bet to come later in the show. But for now, I think minus two and a half is still worth a smaller bet. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, Towson was like 
the CAA champ and return four starters. And I think it was like, all right, juggernaut, keep yep. on rolling. Three first team all conference preseason guys. But they lose their point guard. And mm-hmm. I think that matters a lot. Uh, the straw that serves the drink kind of thing, Kai, he was the guy for them, Terry Nolan. Yeah. And now it shifts like, is is Radier Hicks going to be able to play that role? He started against St. Joe's in the exhibition, came off the bench in their opener. Uh, it's pretty much like all Cam Holden playing point forward yeah. almost. And that takes him out of what he's best at, like slashing from the wing. I don't love the makeup of them right now. I think they're still figuring it out. Uh, UMass has a lot of turnover too, but I'm I'm pro UMass here as well, Kai. Yeah. Towson only not- played seven guys in that first game. Kind yes. of concerning. That That's a point that Scary actually took criticism for uh, in his press conference. He got a little defensive about it. But Pat... You got to play more than seven guys, man. And it's possible they flew too close to the sun last year. It was their best season ever. Yeah. It's probably foolish to think they improve upon that. Now, I still think they're a very good team. They're very tough. They're well coached. But UMass, man, is deep this year. I don't care if their team is brand new. They have a major upgraded head coach in Frank Martin. Like I said, super, super deep. Hey, and they have the size. the 68s, Matt McCall, Kai. You watch your tongue. Uh, oh, is he? Uh, sorry, Matt. My bad. Uh <laughs> And, uh, and then they have the size to combat scary ball on the glass, right? There's a lot of size up front for UMass. I like UMass too. I agree with the line move here. Um, so I, I'm leaning towards the Minutemen, even at minus two and a half. Next game, another doozy here. Southern Illinois at Oklahoma State. Some are calling it the Barry Henson Bowl. Just me. I'm just Love calling that. it that. Barry Henson on staff at Oklahoma State used to coach SIU. Jim, this maybe opened lower than most people expected. Oklahoma State took a little bit of money, I think, up around eight, eight and a half. I haven't had my updated odds on me. Oklahoma State just won by 11 against UT Arlington, but they're up by 31 with 11 to go in that game. What do you think? I kind of lean towards SIU. Um, it's a weird clash of styles. Like Oklahoma State wants to play kind of a goofy zone, turn you over, get running. They want to run, run, run offensive okay. possessions, score in transition because they're not a great half-court offense. But SIU wants to slow it to a crawl, execute in the half-court. Uh, Matt, one thing here that I think is important to note, SIU played Alabama in an exhibition game, and there are few teams in the country that want to push tempo the way Alabama does. Um, SIU was down big late in that game, uh, but they ended up losing by nine, had a little bit of a backdoor. If there was a spread on that game, it would have been a backdoor cover. Um, so I think they're a little bit accustomed to a team that wants to push the tempo. That helps. Uh, and then last little factoid, similar to the Ed Cooley one from two days ago, uh, last 30 games as a favorite of eight or more, Oklahoma State is 10 and 20 against the spread. It's just yeah. they're, not, they're not built yeah. to cover big numbers with the way their offense is. So. Uh, I'm leaning towards SAU, the dog, and then I also did bet the under 135. Not my best bet for the show, but it, it is something that I'm on. I think they control the tempo. Yeah, it does seem like Oklahoma State anecdotally, I'm glad Jim has some data to back my anecdote up, that they're not a great large favorite, especially the way this team's constructed. I know there's um, you know, losing likely bringing in a little more offensive firepower, a little bit emphasis on a little because uh, I think they're still light on shooting. Um, just not a team I want to back as a favorite. So I'm with Jim. I'm a little worried about Southern Illinois' ability to score. They just played a porous defense in Little Rock uh, and, you know, ripped it to shreds. Now they go up against OSU's defense, which is vaunted, especially up front. So if they're not making shots, I worry about their ability to score, um, you know, inside 15, 10 feet. Yeah, I I lean towards SIU as well. They blew out Little Rock, looked impressive. This is the best team Mullins has ever had. Uh, Very physical. Uh, it should be should be a game that's interesting with tempo perspective, guys. Oklahoma State runs, SIU slows it down. Who wins the battle of the tempo? Uh, yeah, 
too close to call for me. Spread's a little bit too low, but I'd be surprised if this game's double digits. I lean towards the Salukis. Next game, Vermont at St. Mary's. An awesome mid-major matchup, Matthew. Two of the very best mid-majors we have. Hey, here's some, some facts for you. Vermont took a little bit of money early on with good reason. They're ridiculously tough as a dog. I looked into it as double digits. Excuse me. I'm going to restart. Last year, they lost to Providence by 10 points. Before that, they hadn't lost by double digits since 2020. They haven't lost a non-com game before that since 2019 by double digits. In that span, they've played Arkansas, Maryland, Virginia, Louisville, Florida State, and Cincinnati. My point is, Matt, they're a really good underdog. But yeah, they are. This game. I know, and the spread is closer. It's actually, Barat's taking some money. Uh, it's down to seven and a half now, but your point stands. Like, it's just a team that John Becker is like almost immune to being blown out, and especially with the talent he's brought in there the last few years. Like, it used to be solid talent, elite execution. Now it's elite execution and like, you know, neighboring on improving talent. So he continues to raise that program, at least hit standards. But St. Mary's just super impressive what they did at Oral Roberts. I know that final score looks a little closer, but they were controlling that game. I think the Gales are all the way legit this year. Um, another one where I'm not betting, just we'll have the feet up and popcorn ready. Uh, yeah, so Vermont, they played really small in their first game. They played four guards and, and a forward, or they like had Dylan Penn operating a little bit as a forward at times. I think that's a problem against St. Mary's, who's brutish up front with Mitchell Saxon and Kyle Bowen. I think they'll be able to get some easier buckets inside. Um, St. Mary's was up big, big on Oral Roberts, like 15. And then kind of the, the three-point shooting of the Golden Eagles brought him back. Uh, I lean towards St. Mary's here at like eight, minus seven and a half, minus eight. I know how good Vermont is as a dog, but this is a huge travel spot. Uh, and I just, St. Mary's is a home favorite. I also really like too. They were, they should have covered that old Roberts game, if not for uh, a couple of late threes and late fouling. Yeah, St. Mary's is up 21 in that game before yeah. the Eagles made a comeback. I mean, that's impressive. Uh, Vermont, uh, their guards are good. Deloney put on a show in his first game. Dylan Penn, obviously good. But Shungu and Davis are big losses. And man, there's a mismatch inside with Saxon, uh, with the size of the Gales. They should dominate a small front court. I like the Gales too here. I, I lean towards St. Mary's. All right, next game, guys. And we apologize about the stream. I think we're only streaming on Twitter currently as our producers work behind the scenes to figure out the YouTube stream, which might have ended. We'll see. I believe it ended. Well, we're on Twitter, I guess. No no chat. No chat, Mob. Sad. I got some questions, mm. at least. That's good. Western Kentucky at Eastern Kentucky is where we're going next. The Battle of the Bluegrass, Bluegrass State. State. Yeah. Ooh, almost forgot that. Directional hey, Kentucky. Here's what I say, Matt. Points, points, lots of points, but the market yeah. knows that too. It opened up at 152 at Bet Rivers. It's up to 158. Kai's going to take best bet the over <clears> still <throat> at 158. Why? Eastern Kentucky plays the most exciting 40 minutes in sports. That's how they brand it. Spread up and down the floor with a fully ros- fully healthy roster. Excuse me, Matthew. A.W. Hamilton's going to go, go, go this season. So I think this game plays a lot higher possession-wise uh, than, than projected. Last season only saw 73 possessions. Still had 165 points. I'm taking the over here. What do you think? Yeah, West Kentucky will gladly sign up for any sort of track. I mean, they don't really have like a, a pace at which they dictate. I know Sharp has kind of slowed it down, or he can at times just because he's such a um, an anchor up front. But he also runs the floor pretty well. In general, I just think it's a you're right. It's a pinball pace, and when you're taking a stale number on a really high total, I'm actually okay with that. Like, I think people are probably like, "Wow, oh, why are we endorsing a total that's five points above not, the not open?" A, not well, a stale, not a stale number. Sorry, stale not stale. Like just, yeah, been bet into um, a worse number, I guess, but. 
it just, I just think that the precision of the value at numbers closer to one sixteen higher just isn't isn't as strong. So I think this game can go completely bananas. I really do. I think Kai's all over this one. Nice job, Kai. Thanks, Matt. Yep. Good pick. Agreed. I I took this at a stale number, Matthew. I, Sorry. I can't, so I can't recommend that a anymore. Um, but you know, last year, Kai, you mentioned only had seventy three possessions. Western Kentucky had like four guys. Jairus Hamilton was out. Josh Anderson was out, and they still were willing to run a little bit. Now with a lot more depth, I think this is. 77 to 80 possessions mm-hmm. uh, potentially 80 plus and that's huge for such a high total i think the efficiency will be fine um eastern kentucky is really young um they're talented but young they brought in a really good freshman class mm-hmm. so i think the spread makes sense i didn't really have any sort of a lean on a side but i'm with kai i i think we see a ton of points in this one last so- two years kai western kentucky 79 possessions in 2021 their season over against northern iowa 80 possessions last year against their season over in alabama state yeah. Insert this season. Probably yeah, they not. like to run. Seven, 79 against Northern Iowa is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm curious to see the matchup with G, uh, Jamari and Sharp, the 7-6 guy for Western Kentucky. EKU spreads it out. They can they can spread him out, pull him to the perimeter. They shoot a lot of threes. They shot 43 pointers on Monday against a non-D1 team. Uh, curious how he does on the floor. And I'm not really worried about his, him offensively. Uh, Cozart is strong enough to probably hold him off inside. We don't trust Western Kentucky's a favorite, Jim, by the way. No, no. Bad as a favorite. Way, way better splits as yes. a dog for Stansbury. Uh, I bet Western Kentucky will zone some. They've been doing that a lot with Sharp mm-hmm. just to kind of keep him in the middle rather than getting pulled out by shooters. But um, I, I I think they'll be able to crack it. It's not a great zone. No. Uh, okay, that takes us to chat mob break number one. And, of course, the chat mob is not on currently because YouTube is having problems. It's not on our end, guys. It's YouTube's fault. YouTube. Uh, but Jim, did you manage to write down a couple questions from the mob? I've got seven questions from the mob, so we'll wow. do four now, and we'll save three for the latter part. Great news. Uh, Pat Taylor's best bet of the day, San Francisco, covering his favorite against Cal. The Dons. Matt, why is he right? Why is he wrong? I don't know. I feel like I'm disrespecting Cal Pally. They are really, I guess, rated very highly in the analytic markets. Uh, the Dons have taken some money. I think they're good this year. I just think it's a biggish number against a poly team that I respect less than both of you, but still respect. Mm. Still respect. Mm. All right. Next question. Kai, NC Central headed to App State, about a five yeah. and a half, six point spread. Uh, Appalachian State lost a lot from last year, like mm-hmm. all three starting guards. NC Central hung with Virginia. How do you see this one? I think it's too low. I lean towards App State here and maybe a little scary just considering App State I don't think of as a very good favorite necessarily. And NC Central showed they could. Uh oh. That's a frozen. great. That's yeah. a, that's like a, that's kind I of a De Niro face. I'm a big fan. I of love it. that. I'm a big fan of it. That's cool. We'll crop that. Yeah. So oh, Kai, you froze. Kai we were making fun of you. Towards App State there. You guys both froze for me. Well, Was it my end? I don't know. Who knows? We'll blame uh, It's TDs today. A little technical Shoot. difficulty. App uh, State. Pat, yeah. Passes <laughs> Pat State. Matt, Battle of Illinois. Illinois State yeah. at Eastern Illinois. Illinois State already lost to one directional Illinois school. Do they make it a second? They're about a 10 point favorite here. Uh, I don't have any appetite to bet either team in this game. Like betting, yeah, you makes me want to hurl. And Illinois State didn't look so good against Western Illinois, letting uh, Rob Jeter and co make a pretty seismic second half rally so yeah hard to stay away two teams i have no idea what they are i lean towards illinois state but i had a lot of hesitation after their open number feels short i I will agree with that all right last one before we get back to the outline kai a brutal showdown here in alabama north alabama very (laughs) short road dog at alabama a&m 
Uh, yeah. so numbers come down a little, two and a half to two, down to one. What do you, what, what do you think? I lean towards North Alabama, but I could just be biased towards the A Sun. Uh, when I'm talking to Tony Pujol, that's right, that's their nice. coach's name. For Lions, no one knows that. Uh, <laughs> he said how motivated they are this season to finally be eligible for the postseason. Now, are they going to sniff it? No chance. But they're a tough, gritty team. They're pretty well coached. I think they can uh, pull a win here against Alabama and M, who is fine. Fine team. They're fine. That Jim, one's a swag, swag bias from, from Matty Cox here. Go, go Bulldogs. Go Bulldogs. <laughs> All right, Kai, I'll kick it back to you to the outline. I'll save a couple other chat questions for the end. All right, let's go to Gardner-Webb at Stephen F. Austin. Man, another sneaky good mid-major game. I like both teams, and I'm sure you guys do as well. Jim, no surprise Gardner-Webb took a little bit of money um, after an early SFA push, kind of pushed the lineup a little bit because Gardner-Webb competed with Colorado State. They probably should have won that game. Yes. But is Colorado State maybe a mess without Isaiah Stevens? Do you foresee them upsetting SFA outright today? Uh, probably not an upset. But yeah, I mean, Colorado State didn't have Stevens or Josiah Strong, the, the mm. Illinois State transfer, rather Big important. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. SFA just announced today Montavious Murphy will not be playing with them. The Kansas State transfer was supposed mm. to make a decent impact in the paint. But I think they looked pretty solid in their their opener. Day-Day Hall had a big game. I think he mm. continues to have a, a huge season for them. Gardner-Webb, can they handle the pressure, Matt? I think the ball pressure of SFA right. is really the big question here and the, probably what would spook me off of backing G-Webb. Yeah, and just the the, the spot for Webb too, right? Um, although we just saw South Dakota State do a pretty – strenuous you know go to akron compete losing overtime by and then go over to boise and win there so maybe we're overplaying these uh, non-conference travel it's still early in the year right it's not like there's a cumulative effective wear and tear yet where it's still november 10th um and the bulldogs are good we like the running bulldogs yeah hey i backed them on colorado state they almost got forked late but then they they, yeah. had, they found a run in the final four minutes to save themselves the running bulldogs maybe the weirdest mascot in college basketball if you, if you really break it down uh, I lean towards SFA guys. I'm going the other way here. Uh, it's a front court versus back court thing. So Gardner Webb's front court is really good. Reed do feel uh, probably the meanest front court in the big South. And that does pose a problem for day day hall. Like Jim mentioned, he's a stud. He's only six, five though. He's going to see some yeah, severe SFA opposition SFA is little. against Gardner Webb. But like Jim said, I'm worried about the ball handling for Gardner Webb, man. They're going to see pressure here. They're going to turn it over. They turned it over 16 times against Colorado state. I would guess they turn it over over 20 times against SFA tonight. Uh, their backcourt's legit. Jostle, former Kansas guy, Jackson Posey, and Rody Ware back in the lineup. How exciting for him. ACL so lean, boy, welcome back. ACL boy, welcome back. So I lean towards SFA. Uh, what is uh, Probably five and a half, six out there. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what it's at right now. Five. Like it. Into five. It. Yeah, I do like it at five. Uh, next game, UC Riverside at Loyola Marymount, a California clash. Matthew, LMU. Took a lot of money. Went from four and a half all the way to seven. Back down to six at Bet Rivers. Riverside didn't look great against Colorado, Matt. I, I'll give them that. But the shooting splits were tough. What do you think? They were. Um, I feel like this must be Loyola-based money. That's my guess. Or maybe the market knows an injury that we don't for Riverside. Uh, I But Damian Douglas missed last game for LMU. I don't know what his he's status is. I think he's, he's out again. They, yep. they are deep. They are talented. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Magpies are a darling of mine. I'll probably back them um irrationally throughout the year at certain can spots explain, and can you explain magpies to the mike magpayo the fighting magpies the head coach of uc riverside and we call him magpies and thus the fighting magpies um one of the all like the biggest analytics data raid type adopter so uh a, a guy who's lifted a program far beyond what it ever was 
Um, Jim, thoughts on this game? Like, I'm just kind of rambling at this point. I, I lean Riverside on the number, but I don't really trust it. Yeah, lean towards Riverside as well. I I was on them in the first game against Colorado, lost, but I think the true score of that game was a lot closer than the final 16 point margin shows. Yeah. Uh, Riverside was four of 21 from deep, and Colorado was six of 13. So that that's that's tough, tough split. Um, this this Riverside team isn't as stout in the paint. Like last two years, they've been yeah. elite defensive rebounding, a lot of size at the rim, good two point percentage defense, not quite as stout. But LMU's figuring out life without Eli Scott as well. And their opener was against Life Pacific, a complete joke of a matchup. You didn't learn anything. Uh, so yeah, lean towards Riverside, not a very strong one though. Yeah, lean the Riverside as a dog. Uh, they're still big. They have like two six ten guys. I think they start. I don't wonder how. Got to wonder how Lopepe handles that for LMU. Six, Charles six, Barkley, bowl of a forward. Yeah, very good comparison actually. A, a a Hawaiian Charles Barkley is he Hawaiian? I don't know if he's Hawaiian. Polynesian, I think Polynesian. Polynesian, I think yeah. Uh, yeah, lean Riverside as well. Next game, Nichols State at Wyoming. Nichols has been a feisty non-conference dog historically under Austin Clunch. So basically, the last three or four years, they beat Northern Iowa last year, and they've competed with power programs over the last couple. But Jim, they got their doors blown off them against Arizona. What do you think about this game heading to a tough little travel spot at Wyoming? I kind of like Nichols here, and the numbers come down to a point or two. Um, they were just completely overwhelmed in the paint by Arizona. Arizona shot 77% inside the arc, just thrashed them that up and down. They, they played 88 possessions. That game turned into a, a pickup game pretty quickly. Uh, but Graham Ike is out for Wyoming and they have no other paint threats, Matt, unless you're, you know, posting Maldonado is fine. That works, but that's not really what <clears throat> Nichols is vulnerable against. They're vulnerable. Like the big bulky, big guys to and Balo killed them for Arizona Hunter Thompson, Max Aglampolo, those guys are perimeter. They don't want to be in there trying to thrash this Nichols defense. So I think this is one where Clonch's boys can stay competitive and and mm-hmm. keep inside that number the whole way. Yeah, it seems like people are envisioning a lot of points in this game. It's been pet up seven points from the opener up to like mid-150s at this point. Um, hmm. Probably, I, I think you look at the Nichols pace at Arizona and you think they're just going to run, 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 sort of non-conference, see what happens. And Wyoming probably has to adapt a little bit without EK, shoot more threes, maybe some more pace, um, let's get some early looks and transition from three. So I guess all that does lean toward the over. I'm just trying to reverse engineer the market logic here, Kai. Um, no, that's, that's it. I'm with, Jim on, I'm with Jim on the side. I think Nichols is actually pretty good play at plus 16 without EK. Yeah, feels touch high. Uh, to Jim's point, Tubelis had 23, Ballo had 18 against Nichols. They were 15 for 18, those two people <laughs> inside the arc. They <laughs> just destroyed them. Nichols' front line is terrible. So not having EK is enormous. I would lean towards Nichols as well. They're well coached. Austin Clanch, our dude, Austin Clanch is a good coach. Yeah, hey, Wyoming's a good coach too. Two good coaches in that matchup. Cleveland State at Cincinnati finishes us off. Hmm. A big hmm, says Kai. Because, <laughs> Matt, I like Cincinnati this year, and Cleveland State just lost to a non-D1 team, but I can't help but think the line is a little bit high. What do you think? It is a little high. Yeah, they've been up to 22. I Part of me just wants to go play Cincinnati and believe that my gut is accurate and that Cleveland State may just be a lot worse than I thought they were, even though they have some feisty guys coming back from last year's nucleus under the direction of first-year head coach Al Robinson, who was the former Iowa State assistant. And you kind Houston. of can get like in Houston. So you get like the Iowa State, Houston, grimy, mucky defensive first type of identity with this team. Should play well as a dog. But Jim, I like Cincy. Um, I think they're in for a little bit of a, uh, not a takeoff this season, a blast off, but just a slight climb up the AAC ladder. 
Yeah, they're deeper. 50. They're Cincinnati's deeper, longer. They're pulling out the West Miller press uh, that he did at Greensboro. Didn't run it much at all last year because he didn't have the length. Uh, they were more bigger and plotting in the lane last year. So I, I think that definitely helps them as a favorite, but it's it's too high. It feels a little like LSU last night. Yeah. Um, relatively mm. high number. Dog just lost to a non-D1. Maybe they're terrible, but I don't know. I think this team profiles a lot better as a muck it up underdog the same way UMKC did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's a little high. I like the under, uh, despite some of that Cincinnati pressure. I think Cleveland State's going to be an under team like yeah. all season. So I, I'd agree. I thought Robinson would be a defensive coach and, and focus on that end. I think he will. They're not devoid of talent. Inaruna uh, was a top 70 player. He had a good game against that non-D1 team. This Juco guy, Tay Williams, is supposed to be an athletic freak. So there's talent on the roster. Since he, though, four starters back, Landers Nolly, Matt's boy, Rob Fennessy. That's a tough, deep team. Bobby I, would not, I wouldn't be surprised since he made a push for an at-large, but I do think it is a bit of a high spread here. So I'd lean towards Cleveland State as well at 22 and a half at Bit Rivers. There's a chance Cleveland State scores like 40. And th- yes. that's, that's the concern. Yes, there's a really good chance that happens. Uh, such ends our rundown. We now head to chat mob break number two. Break number two. I don't think any of these are stepping on your best bets, so uh, we're, we're good. I already there. said mine. We're good. Had a boy, Kai. Yeah. Scott Custer asked about Radford money line oh at gosh. Notre Dame. What? Is that worth a swing? Plus nineteen, plus twenty. A little sprinkle, Matthew. Hmm. Uh, Notre Dame trying to figure things out. New. Point guard and JJ Starling, everybody else mostly back around him. What do you think? Yeah, I I guess I see the value. I think the number is a little too high. I just take Rafford with the points. Um that money line, maybe, sure. A little Darius Nichols magic. Uh, but yeah, I think I agree with his general direction that this this number does feel high. And I think Notre Dame could be a good fade just like the first few weeks of the of the year. Yeah, Radford got down big to Marquette, but then made a big Clogged. late run to yeah. come back in and backdoor it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think maybe we could see something similar than feisty there. Kai, to you, mm-hmm. Kevin Gengler asking about Sacred Heart at Rutgers. Ooh. Caleb McConnell still officially out. Rutgers thrashed Columbia in the opener. Sacred yeah. Heart barely got by Hartford. Also, a little injury note, um, Aiden Carpenter. We have to wait and mm. see his status for, for Sacred Heart because he left during the second half. What do you think of this game? Yeah, the number felt high initially to me, but I don't want to bet Sacred Heart because I was not impressed by that effort against Hartford. And with Rutgers' defensive effort, even without McConnell against Columbia, now Columbia missed 23-pointers, so <laughs> there's a little bit of luck to that. It scared me too much to be like, you know what? I don't need it. 20 and a half feels high, but I'm not backing the dog. Yeah, this Rutgers, they were so bad as a big favorite last year in the non-con, mm-hmm. but the the kind of opening statement they made this season was like, ah, maybe I don't need to auto-fade yeah. them as a big favorite. Uh, Matthew, Battle of Arizona. NAU headed to Arizona State. The Sun Devils squeaked by Tarleton in the opener. We talked about on the show how good of an underdog that Tarleton team is. Do you think NAU can hang around the same way? Yeah, I went back and forth on this. I look at that Tarleton game, and part of me is like, yeah, I don't like Arizona State as a large favorite. But I also look at that as like, that's exactly what the Texans will do to big schools, all non-conference. And Northern Arizona does not give anywhere near the resistance defensively, athletically, just effort, like, you know, tenacious competitiveness that Tarleton has. So I I actually, I'm torn. Um, I think it's kind of a big number, but I I can see Arizona State kind of blossoming out of that Tarleton shell that they were caught in that first game. Yeah, this one's the number one for me. If you can get it below 15, I would be interested in Arizona State, but above 15 and a half, I don't 
this is value matters. And I, I can't quite get there on that. Uh, I believe that is it for our chat mob section. Apologies if there were games we wanted uh, yeah. you wanted us to get to. We'll be back full form with the chat tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll get to everything. There's 76 games tomorrow, so I'm <laughs> sure we'll have plenty to go through. Too many. Yes, too many. Too many. Uh, hey, Jim, keep the mic, man. Why don't you give us your best oh, bet? I would love to. Kai, the Undertaker's taken and under. The <laughs> Citadel and Presbyterian. I need to double check mm. the number on it officially right now, but... I think the Citadel is going to play a lot slower this year. Needless to say, without Balcom running up and down anymore, Presbyterian loves to play in the mud. They want gross half court type mm-hmm. of games. So I think this one's going to be a slog. Um, Citadel will play that slow down pace with them, kind of lacking offensive talent too. Uh, so I'm going with the under there. I haven't found one thirty three and a half. One thirty three and a half. We'll yes. sign it up. That is my best bet for the day. Kyle, you want to reiterate yours? Mine was Eastern Kentucky, Western Kentucky over 158. Very high total. It's at the end of the steam in the market, but it's going to be a lot of possessions. Matthew. Yeah, from the uh, hip here, I'm going with Omaha, except wow. on the road. So, Romaha, as we've uh, you called You mean want to know ATS Omaha? That's right. Color against the Beakers. What can't they do? Nothing <laughs> is stopping this team right now as they're catching a bananas 17 against Nebraska ball? What? 17 and a half. 17 and a half. I'll take the hook. I don't even need it, but I'll take it. Thank you. 17 and a half. Boom. Lock it in. And I kind of like this Nebraska team, but 17 as a large favorite. Ugh, no, yeah, no, thank don't you. Know if, don't know if Walker's going to be back. The Walker's yet. dicey and too. Yeah. They've been right. not good in by games, covering by games for the past like two yeah. to three years. Yeah. I think they could like, this could be a close game. Like I'm not going to go money line sprinkles, but I think uh, this game should be a lot closer than 17. I just feel like there's a, they're Jekyll and Hyde in Nebraska. I think we've seen them blow out pretty bad teams before the non-con. We're like, Oh, Nebraska. But we've also seen them like lose to lose two bad teams. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So maybe there is, if, if it's close, then the money line is potentially enticing. Yes. Uh, well, that does it. You heard it here. We will uh, hopefully be back tomorrow in full force with YouTube if they cooperate with us. Uh, thanks again. Shout out to Bet River. Shout out to Field of 68. Check out the Field of 68 store, co champions for some sick merch for 20% off. And of course, Bet Rivers, 14 parlays. 20% off or 20% boost as well. We'll see you tomorrow at noon central on Friday to talk more basketball. See you then.